Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Amen. We've been in a series on the power of hope. We defined hope as that God given internal witness of a desired outcome, an internal witness of a desired external outcome. It is one of the three main um, resources of the Spirit of God. Now abide faith, hope, and love. Greatest of these we know is love, but faith and hope are partners that come right out of the Spirit and the heart of God. But you know, faith has a partner, and it's called heart. Hope has a partner, I should say, it's called heart. And they work together. Hope is that which is primarily in your inner spirit man where the Holy Spirit lives. There's always hope in the Holy Spirit. There's always hope there. The Holy Spirit of God never gives up hope. He can't. It's part of His essence. It's part of His being. So there's always hope. And if Christ is in you, and He is the hope of glory, if the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, and there is always hope in the Spirit of God, He is the God of all hope, Scripture says, then if Christ is in you, understand that there is in your deposit, deposited in your spirit, man, there is always hope. It may be diminished. It may be so overwhelmed by circumstances that it's not very strong at that point, but it is still there. But hope has a partner that not only works and operates in your spirit, it truly affects your soul. Now, we're getting a little technical here, but one reason I like this church at this stage of my life is that we don't have to stay in the basics of getting saved every Sunday. I mean, I, there's nothing against that. I grew up in that. It's wonderful. But let me, let me tell you this. In your, you're going to need some energy in your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. I don't know about you, but sometimes for my will to really be clicking, i got to have some encouragement. I've got faith. Sometimes I just need some energy to get my will really moving and clicking at the right rate, right? Heart is resolve. It's energy to continue. It is the courage to face the obstacles of your life, those things that keep you from experiencing wholeness. 
It is the energy to continue, the courage to face adversity and everything that comes against the wholeness of your life. So when the scriptures talk about heart, that's what I am trying to get across to us today. Is that it has to do with resolve, <coughs> an internal resolve. They're thieves of heart that cause us to, quote, lose heart. Situations, circumstances, time, you've been, you've, been, you've been hoping and standing and believing for something for so long and you hadn't seen the manifestation of it. Sometimes the duration of that will steal your heart, your resolve. Sometimes other people and the way they act and continue to act, sometimes the more you pray for them, the worse they seem to get. You ever notice that? And if we're not careful, external circumstances, situations, other people, time will steal and cause us to lose our resolve. It's called losing heart. And I, I want you to notice some verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul says, therefore, since we have this ministry, and we'll talk about that in a minute, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Skip down to verse uh, 16. Therefore, and we'll find out what it's there for in a minute, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outer man is perishing, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which we can see, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. How do we not lose heart? You know, everybody, if I were to announce that I was going to be preaching this Sunday a sermon called How to Lose Heart, well, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to lose heart. Everybody wants to not lose heart. You may be willing to say, you know, Pastor, that'd be easy. You don't know what I'm going through. Uh, and Paul, he, he said some happy words there. But I want you to notice in verse 8, Paul's circumstances. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed. Do you know what that means? We have no idea. We, have, we, we don't understand. We're, we've lost all ability to understand where we are. You ever get to that point in your life where, you know, you just are where you are and you don't understand it? Well, three of us have, and the rest of you are going to get there sooner or later. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed. We don't get it, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are struck down but we're not destroyed. 
always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That is, dying to our own personal rights and privileges and our own ability, our own self-focus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested while we're still in our body. Amen. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Wow. All of us want to not lose heart, but how do we keep from doing that? I want to look in the passages surrounding 2 Corinthians 4, and I want to show you some things. How do I keep from losing my resolve? How do I keep from losing my energy to continue and overcome? How do I keep from doing that? The key has to do with not losing focus. Turn back to chapter 3. And I want you to notice a, a, a verse here that is of particular importance. <clears throat> the whole discussion in chapter 3 is the difference between what Moses had in the giving of the commandments and the law and how when he would come down from the mountain having visited with God and having the tablets of stone, all the people would gaze at him and he would put a veil over his head so that the people wouldn't see the glory of God departing from his countenance. And the discussion here is how now on this side, on this New Testament side of Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and the coming of the Holy Spirit to indwell believers, the discussion is how the glory of God is not fading, it is continued there because of the ministry of the Spirit. So in chapter 3 and verse 8, we see how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? More glorious in what? The glory that God had on the countenance of Moses when he spoke to him directly, gave him the commandments, and uh, when he came down from the mountain. The ministry of the Spirit is more glorious than the external law. Can I ask you a question? Do you realize that first and foremost, not losing heart has to do with not losing focus on the ministry of the Holy Spirit? It is amazing to me how many believers in these days don't, don't understand and don't have any relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a game changer. He is Christ in you. He is the, what is He like, Pastor? Just like Jesus. I thought God the Father was just like Jesus. He is. If you've seen me, Jesus said, you've seen the Father. What is the job of the Holy Spirit? To reveal the ma and manifest the very life of Jesus in you right now in your mortal body. So understand that the key to not losing heart is not losing focus on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Look at, look at verse 17 and 18. I want to show you something beautiful here. Now the Spirit is, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. 
all of us with unveiled face, unlike Moses, we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image, that is the image of Jesus, the Lord, from glory to glory. That is from one manifestation, one level of manifestation to another by the Spirit of the Lord. Understand that when you don't see Him working, when you don't feel Him working, when it doesn't look like He's working, that the Holy Spirit is doing something on the inside of you, and He's primarily doing this. He's transforming you into the image and likeness of Jesus. What's our job? To cooperate. To go every day to the Lord. And if you're like me, I have to go many times a day and say, Lord, I want to cooperate with you, Holy Spirit. Tell me what you're thinking. Help me to hear what you're saying. Show me what you're doing. The Holy Spirit is in you and desires an intimate, personal relationship with you. The Word even says, pray about everything. How's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? He who is in you, revealing the very life of Jesus. Everything. So we begin to lose heart when we fail to focus on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And why is that? Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. It's going to be better, you're going to be better off if I send you the Holy Spirit. Wow. So if Jesus said it was better for you to have the Holy Spirit than for me to remain on the earth, wouldn't that mean we ought to investigate life in the Holy Spirit? A more intimate place with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this, He is your teacher. He's going to teach you. He's going to remind you what I've said to you. He is going to be your guide, and He's going to be your helper. He's going to get you through anything you've got to get through, Judy. He is your helper. He is your guide. He is the one called alongside to help. That's what a parakletos is. I don't know about you, but I've been through some stuff that it were, if it were not for the Holy Spirit, I would have never gotten through. He's, a, he's called alongside to help you. He is your guide. Jesus said He's going to convict you the world of sin because you don't believe. The Holy Spirit convicts me when I don't believe what the Word of God says. That's what He does. But you notice what else He does, and John tells us this, in fact, He said, He will convict you of sin because you don't believe. I'm reading out of John 16. When He has come, He will convict you of sin and he will convict you of righteousness. See, I mean, we all understand the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, but did you know he convicts you of righteousness? How many of you have been convicted of righteousness lately? If you have not been convicted of righteousness lately, you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. Because he does three things. He convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He convicts of judgment because the ruler of this world, the devil, has been judged, defeated. His power's been removed. 
But understand this, you're going to lose heart if you don't understand that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to minister His righteousness to you. Romans 5.17 changed mine and Dina's life. We read it for years, didn't get it. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. See, you can have a gift without receiving it. It can just lay there unwrapped. It can be yours. But if you don't unwrap it and start using it and enjoying it, you haven't received it. Has the Holy Spirit told you what your standing is? Well, the Holy Spirit tells me when I sin. No, 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 I know that. But has the Holy Spirit told you what your standing is in Christ? Part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to let you know that in Christ, you are, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Have you received it? Do you regularly say, thank you, God, that when you see me, you don't see a dirty old rotten sinner that don't have any access. You see me in your son. And according to Ephesians 1, 3 and following, I am holy and righteous and blameless and loved and accepted. And I praise you. It's the Holy Spirit bearing witness of that. The spirit of righteousness. Well, pastor, if I really believed that, I would be arrogant. No, you wouldn't. If you really believed that, you would be grateful. You'd get on your knees and say, thank you, God. That's not something we generate of our own. It's given as a gift. So we see there in chapter 3, we see there that uh, the ministry of righteousness in verse 9 is mentioned, and that is through the Holy Spirit. I love 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to answer this question. Are you in Christ Jesus? Then according to this word, you are, right now, the righteousness of God. Holy Spirit, give us revelation of that, Lord. We're not beating on a door saying, I'm unworthy, but I sure would like to come in and have a conversation. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He is your high priest. Made righteous by the blood of Jesus. So we lose heart when we lose our focus on the ministry of His righteousness because we just begin to think that life is all about us. And we'll never be able to experience the goodness and grace of God because of something we've done or not done. Another thing we, we, we lose heart in is we don't focus on the mercy of God. Look at chapter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, what ministry? 
What in the world is he talking about? We'll go back to chapter 3, verse 8. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more? The whole discussion here is about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Since we have this ministry, what is it? Back up into verse 18. What's the ministry? The Holy Spirit is transforming you into the image and likeness of Jesus. Since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. To the extent that we receive mercy, to that extent we don't lose heart. Do you know that a lot of people have lost heart because they don't, they don't have a revelation of the mercy of God? They just believe that He has just left them alone and uh, there's no hope. Hebrews 4, 12 uh, Hebrews 4.16, you know it well. We have a high priest, Jesus Christ, who is touched with our weakness, frailty, failings, sufferings. Since we have a great high priest, let us come boldly before the throne of grace and receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You got a time of need right now? Well, there is a high priest who would love for you to come in before his throne. You are welcome there. He won't beat you up or, or, or say to you, see what you got yourself into? You've got a high priest who will show you mercy. I don't know about you, but that's a blessing to me. Find mercy and grace to help in our time of need. So we, we will not lose heart if not only we will remember and focus on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, our right standing before God because of that ministry, on the mercy of God. And I want you to go down to verse 6. This is powerful to me. For the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, that is His reflection, in the face of Jesus Christ. I didn't have revelation of this for so very long. To the extent that I cooperate with the ministry of the Holy Spirit who's transforming me into the image and likeness of Jesus, to the extent that according to verse 2, I renounce and refuse to walk anymore in my old ways, that have brought shame to the extent that I allow the Lord to reveal the very countenance of Jesus, God shines light in my dark places and I get more and more clarity in my inner man of the face of Jesus. Now I'm going to ask you a haunting question here now. Only in the last short period of time in my life, have I really focused in my prayer on trying to focus on the face of Jesus? What I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is the more I focus in prayer, the more I invest in prayer, and that's more and more these days instead of less and less, the more I focus on prayer, the more somehow in my inner man there begins to be an inner image of the face of Jesus. 
Why would that surprise me? Because remember what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal me to you. He is going to disclose to you what I'm like. So we ought to long for and cry out for a greater revelation of the image and likeness of Jesus in our inner man. And you know, you, you, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to draw that picture more than you ought to allow all the pictures you've seen since you were a child of what some artists thought Jesus may have looked like. The Holy Spirit's got the perfect, He paint the perfect image. All those other things are subject to. Well, I mean, they're just like all human activity, they're subject to error. Oh, Lord Jesus, draw the image of Jesus in us stronger and stronger. Can I tell you something? When you go to prayer and you begin to focus on the face of Jesus, you don't lose heart. There's resolve there to keep going. There is intimate fellowship there because nobody ever knew suffering like Jesus. We don't lose heart. We focus on the glory of God. Now we go on into this passage and we find out in Paul talking about his incredible issues. Persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, knocked down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Now why would he say that? So that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. I don't know about you. But every day, if I'm going to live successfully in the Holy Spirit, I have to die to my own self and yield myself to Jesus if I'm going to be successful. Don't you? There are times when um, I have some emotions and thoughts that uh, I would like to see happen that don't line up. Uh, what, you don't get impatient and... Want somebody to get out of your way? I don't know about you, but in, unless every day I go to the cross of Jesus and say, you know what? You nailed every bit of self-absorption. You nailed every bit of my sin. You nailed everything collected in this body that is not holy and righteous. You nailed it to the cross and you broke the power of my flesh and the enemy off of me. If I don't do that every day, if I don't recognize that I died with Jesus and he broke the power of my sin, then the life of Jesus don't get displayed in me. And as long as you got skin on, that's going to have to be something you walk in. I know there are some people in Christian circles who believe that you can get sanctified to a point to where you don't ever have any more sin. Hogwash. You better stay away from them. Do you hear me? Every day, the Word says, I die daily. I have to come before the Lord and say, Jesus, this is not about me today. Amen? It's about you. 
And those thoughts and motives and attitudes that I have that don't line up with you, Jesus, I thank you that you broke their power off of me at the cross. And so I believe and I receive the life of Jesus in me. That means you got to forgive. That means you got to quit holding grudges and wanting somebody to pay. What if you had to pay for every sin you've ever committed in full? I told somebody recently, if you want to be forgiven, you can't receive the forgiveness of God and then refuse to allow that forgiveness you've received to go to somebody who's hurt you. It starts with me. And I, you know, I want to say this. The resolution of every issue you have right now doesn't start with somebody else. It starts with you. You have no control over somebody else's responses to what you want them to understand and get and do. You have no control over that. And the harder you try to control that in your inner man or through your own actions, the worse it's going to get. You're only responsible before God to the only one who can fix it, and it's not you. You're responsible to go before God and to make certain that there's no bitterness or anger or lack of forgiveness or motives that are of, the, of yourself, that is for your own self, you'd like to see this. And, and, and just deal with yourself before God. You know, um, I um, had some deep pains a long time ago, and I wanted somebody to pay. <clears throat> Uh, but what I found out was that the resolution, the more I wanted that to happen, it didn't phase them at all. I was the only one suffering. Anybody else experience that? And so finally the Lord broke through to me and uh, he let me see that it didn't start with them changing. It started with me and my own heart coming before him and trusting him with my own motives, my own desires, and not putting the situation in their court to change, but going before God and saying, Lord, I couldn't change them if I tried, and the more I try, the more frustrated I get. So I'm going to leave it to you, and all I'm going to deal with is my own heart and attitude with you. You know what I found out? Not the next day, but over time, and it didn't take long, God did his part, and he didn't even need my help. He needed me to stay out of the way. Amen? He can do it. So it don't start with them changing. It starts with you. That's how, yeah, and, and that is a product of the Holy Spirit and, and the ongoing power of bringing all of our brokenness to the cross and reckoning that we have died to our old motives and our own desires and plans to change 
everybody else and leaving it at the foot of the cross. And that's a daily thing. But I want you to notice too that the we have to get that focus away from ourselves. And finally, verse 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. You know, I don't really like that verse. Do you get up every day and look in the mirror and say, I'm perishing today. <laughs> well, maybe you do. But uh, that's probably not a good plan. The more we focus on what's passing away instead of what's eternal, the more subject we are to lose heart. We do not lose heart because even though our outer man is perishing, the inner man, the real us that's going to live for eternity, is, be, is being renewed day by day. Hallelujah. The real you is being renewed day by day. How does that happen? Well, that's what I'm going to tell you next week. Let's all stand. How do I get renewed day by day? Oh, hallelujah. Just take a little time right now and connect with the Holy Spirit who lives in you, if you're a believer, and ask for greater intimacy with Him. Ask Him to help you hear His voice, to feel His promptings, his urgings, his impressions to be more sensitive to what he's trying to say to you. Give him a little thanks that he is transforming you, whether you know it or not, into the image and likeness of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. King of kings and Lord of lords mighty love. Thank the Lord that He, that by the Holy Spirit, He is ministering the right standing of Jesus to you. Oh, Lord, thank you. That you don't have to back up or apologize. You can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive His mercy. Ask the Holy Spirit right now, to give you a more clear image of the face of Jesus Christ. That it'll grow stronger and deeper on the inside of you. That He would give you greater revelation of the power of His cross to break off any and every hindrance of the flesh, your old man. And ask the Holy Spirit to give you the grace to focus on what's eternal instead of what's temporal. Did you know that whatever's causing you the most pain right now is subject to change? 
because your eternal state doesn't have any pain in it. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to focus on the transformation that's going on inside of us so that we do not lose heart. And I pray that you, by your Spirit, will give a greater resolve that you give us heart, Lord, not just to face what we have to face, not just to go through adversity and obstacles, but a divine energy right out of your spirit Lord by faith right now I plead the blood of Jesus over all of these your people for all of those Father who are your people I apply the blood of Jesus and I declare Father that every assignment of the evil one to steal heart and hope is broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, restore hope and heart to your children, Father, to our children. Only you can do it, God. We ask you, in line with your word and your will, believing that you're about it, that you will minister hope and heart, not only to us, but those we love. Oh God, renew, renew strength. Renew supernatural energy in the name of Jesus so that we don't lose heart, but give you glory. Now, Father, we praise you in the precious and holy name of Jesus. And all the people said, we'll see you next week. God bless you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.